Oh, this should be a good one. You ready? I sure am. Let's do it. Silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball po- podcast on 8-bit, powered by our pals at Audio Technica. My name is Matt Tilby, and for today's episode, I am joined by the Nick Jackson to my Matt Jackson, my fellow basketball young buck. And uh, it is a big hello to Mr. Brendan White. Brendan, welcome on in. Hello, 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 listeners. Yeah, we have super kicked Jono off the show today. He is <laughs> gone. So uh, the young bucks are running wild here, and we might see Australia's Jono Peck again. We might not because uh, he took some simultaneous switch in music from us just yeah. about an hour ago. He's uh, he's off uh, praying to the draft gods, hoping that his uh, bulls can muster up a high lottery pick but well, uh, they get nothing because the uh the magic get the bulls pick so oh, do uh, they really wow they mortgage, okay <laughs> they mortgage their short-term future for the vooch oh yes and uh instead uh end up getting the the eight best lottery odds and that goes to the magic so the magic have got two picks in the top eight Oof. at the moment like give or take obviously things moving around or teams moving up but uh yeah the bulls they uh they faltered and uh you know i remember when that trade deadline recap we did happened we were talking about the bulls potentially slotting in maybe five through to seven and then they ended up uh falling in at 11th in the east so uh jiminy jillikas yeah hopefully they uh for an australian sake they might uh, land mr josh kitty as we talked about on last week's show he may move up or down so who knows? Yeah, we'll see what I, th- I think he's uh, he's firmly in the lottery discussion, that's for sure. So I'm very curious to see who takes him and where because, uh, you know, them them six foot eight uh, point guards, uh, <laughs> you know, are a bit of a bit of a golden goose, a bit of a unicorn. And, very uh, valuable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's like a, a lamello light. Like he's got a bit of that flashiness to his passing. He's not on that same level, but he's certainly a, a fun treat to watch the old giddy. Yeah, and we'll uh, definitely be talking about Lamella a little bit later on. But uh, as we start today's episode, we are 72 games down in our regular season. It's all done and dusted, and we move into the big boy stuff. Yes. The the playoffs are here, but before we go into that and before teams start winning 16 games, well, I guess technically for some it'd be 18 games. We, of course, have our play-in games, which... uh, are still not sitting right with me. We were talking. We were talking about this previously in our uh, Facebook chat, trying to decipher who goes where, who wins what, and, and ends up in, in which positions. And I think I have a headache talking about it. It's it's very much like trying to decipher the Enigma code or something. It felt like <laughs> like even though there's nice graphics and you just follow the lines and it should make sense, it does not like it makes sense. Obviously, once you 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 finally crack that code, but it's anything but simple to just immediately quantify. But um, we've gotten there. We've got our predictions in as far as who we think is going to make it through the playing tourney into yes. the actual finals. But um, are you, I know as a Suns fan, like obviously they, they landed in uh, second overall or second position in the West, but they've got probably the biggest potential risk of maybe getting bounced in round one because yeah. they've got the, the Lakers or the Warriors, you'd assume, excuse me, 
coming at them. So uh, it's a bit scary. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's not ideal. We'll, we'll say that much. Um, having been trounced pretty easily by the Lakers, I'd say what it would have been last week even, by about 30 points in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, um, it certainly sees us preferring the Warriors who we did end up beating um, in Oakland. Um, so, God, it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. Like, at this point in time, regular season form goes out the window and you almost start to look at that, like, last week or so and be like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, you've done quite well. And, and it's certainly, for me, uh, with a couple of other teams as well, Denver really come into that sort of thing where they had a terrible like last week or so run into the, the playoffs. So it's really going to be interesting to see how they go. But yeah, like for a team that has not been in the playoffs for a good, what, 10 or what, 10 or... I think it's 12, is it 12 years. Is it it's, 12? Been a wa- it's been a while. We'll yeah. say that much. But for a team that's not been in the playoffs for a while, does so well in the regular season, has a, has a really good sniff of, you know, finishing top in the West... And now they've they've been saddled with either a red hot Steph, a scoring title winning Steph Curry, or LeBron and AD looking to right some wrongs. So yeah, it's certainly uh, it's it's fantastic from a viewer's perspective. But yes. as a Suns fan, yeah, you, you, your heart goes out to them because. You know, the play-in tournament, you, you see a lot of discourse on the socials and people are sort of like, oh, you know, some of these teams that are in there, they're nothing special. Like Especially like the East, not discounting those four teams in the play-in. Like, they're great teams, but like, it's no Steph versus LeBron in a play-in sort of yeah. not-so-sudden-sudden-death game, which is awesome, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a one game to see if you're going to get straight in the playoffs or you get another, you get another second chance going against uh, the Grizzlies or the Spurs. Uh, if you are faltering in that first match, but it is a hell of a game. Yeah, and can't we can't wait. we can't discount the Grizzlies and the Spurs in this as well. Obviously, ninth and tenth uh, in this one. You would hope, and you would think, out of those two, the Grizzlies are going to be the ones to to really come up trumps, especially after the once again that last week that the Spurs had. Oof, they were not great, but. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see, as you were sort of talking about over the last sort of couple of weeks, like those players, like you were talking about Zion and Jar, sort of being in the mix there or thereabouts. Sadly, the Pelicans missed out, but I would love to see Jar Morant working uh, oh, in, in yes. a playoff sense and seeing those uh, those old Vancouver Grizzlies uh, yeah. jerseys me, once give again. Give me all that teal. Give me all that teal <laughs> on the screen. So I can't wait. Like. Um, it's awesome to see like see some of these these young up and coming cusp stars coming through like on the on the east side obviously we've gotten we're going to get some lamello action and we're also going to get a maybe some Gordon Haywood redemption revenge action yeah. against uh, Boston <laughs> if if uh, Boston loses out against the Wizards and then obviously the Hornies beat the Pacers in their playing match we get a bit of yeah Haywood sticking it to to the to the Beantown boys, which I'm excited for, and Rozier like, as well. Like it's as yeah, a, that's as true. a double double edged sword. So <laughs> very true indeed. But um, it's exciting. There's there's four quality matchups in in the first uh you know go around of the plane, and then we've got two more potential quality matchups before uh you know teams like the Jazz, the Suns, the Nets, and Philly might just feast. So uh, 
Yeah, I, I feel especially on, on the East side, like Philly and the Nets, I think whoever they're playing against in the, that first round of the playoffs is probably going to be a bit bit of cannon fodder for yeah. for um yeah, the, the Sixers and, and the Nets. But on the on the Western side, there's certainly a little bit more spice in it where the, the one and two seeds could potentially get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, which would be absolutely insane if it goes that way. Yeah, I, like I feel like for Utah's sake, given the season that they've had, I think anything, you know, anything less than the first round is going to be a failure. Like if if they can get past <laughs> the second round, they've at least got a chance. But I think, given the season that they've had, they they want to you know go is pretty deep, especially. But yeah, it, it once again the West is just so stacked that you know any team really, if you're on a good run of form you could go deep like denver and portland for me is is the big standout game mm-hmm. um in in the west first round like i know denver's on on a bit of a uh, an odd run of form in the last week but you know you get them on a good day and they will torch you and i think portland you know w- we say it all the time that they're essentially a two man team it's dame and, and cj and you know a couple of other guys in there as well putting up some decent numbers but it's too it's too tough to too tough to call i think there's there were a couple of you know times doing this bracket that you had me doing within the last sort of hour or so where i was legitimately unable to call and they, they were a coin flip like yeah. I, it was just so tough but yeah let's uh i guess well let's dive into it i think let's yeah, let's, let's do it. have let's a real go. A real uh, look at this uh, this playoff bracket. We'll start with the playoff predictions or the play-in predictions, I should say. Um, and we'll jump into the East as you've got them here. Charlotte versus Indiana, ninth versus tenth. Mm-hmm. What have you got? I've I've got the the Hornets going over the the Pacers uh, in that first uh, play-in tournament matchup there between nine through ten. So I'm feeling Charlotte's going to get the bickies there. Uh, on, I'll, I'll just quickly sub in here for Australia's Jono Peck. He feels the Pacers are going to go over the top of the Hornets. And uh, where are you feeling? Where are you feeling? Are you, are you um, in the same boat as Jono or are you jumping in with me? I'm uh, I'm jumping in with Jono on this one. Okay. I, I think the Pacers are, are just going to nick it. It's going to be a tight one. Like as much as people want to, you know, disregard the 9 and 10, like this is going to be a good matchup. But I think it's going to be such a, a mismatch of styles as well. Like... Lamelo and Gordon Hayward and Rozier, you know, such a fun, fast-paced team against a team like Indiana. You know, guys like Sabonis who really like to grit and grind. You know, get down in the post and be real physical with it. It's going to be, it'll be tough to call, but I think Indiana is going to nudge ahead on this one. I'm I'm leaning towards Charlotte only because the health of Malcolm Brogdon is of question. Like, if he's one hundred percent and he's going to play and he's back to back to the form that we know of that he can that he can put on the court. I'd say the Pacers are going to take it out, but because he has been a little up and down with a few injury niggles here and there, I feel the Charlotte Hornets with their with their sizzle and their flash and the you know the baller brand on the court for them. I think uh <laughs> I'm I'm feeling an upset. I, I like I like the dark horses. I like to go the underdogs. Like I know it's nine versus ten, so it's nothing too crazy. <laughs> Very underdog. But like <laughs> But the Hornies, I feel they're going to make their way through the paces on this, and Indiana are going to get bounced first game, and uh, yeah, out of, out of the out of the plane and out of the finals. Mm, it'll be a tough one, really, because then obviously we move into seven versus eight. I feel see, 
the play-in tournament, I feel so bad for the team that finishes seventh. You know, previous seasons, that's fine. You'll have a matchup against the number two seed. You know, good chance of springing a surprise there. This year, seventh seed loses the first game and you might end up playing, you know, the Sixers or the Nets. So it's like... Yeah, pick <laughs> your poison. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you, do you, you know, if if you win, you've got a team who's absolutely dominate from start to finish and then if you lose you end up playing literally the biggest star that a team this league has so yeah. it's 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 not a, an easy uh you know minefield to go through but we'll see what happens as we do move on to that seventh and eighth seed boston versus washington boston have the seventh seed so they're at home for this one this is even tougher to call i think personally mm. I like I'm you know anyone that's listening to this podcast maybe listening to me talk basketball in real life at least once or twice would know that I really really dislike the Celtics so <laughs> you know it's I sort of give them praise when it's justified but I think not having Jalen Brown who's done for the year I think you know Tatum's a superstar can't deny that Kemba used to be Kemba's you know yeah, almost like a bit of a shell of his former <laughs> self so it's going to depend on Brown going Hamburglar with maybe Smart stepping up and, and doing some smart things and what have you. But I just feel this momentum. Like now that Washington have just embraced Westbrook ball and they're just Brody all, ball even. all in, <laughs> all in on Mr. Triple Double, uh, I think they're going to win. Like they have been one of the form teams for the last four to six weeks. And yeah. I think pending Beal's health like I know he's been a little bit up and down the last couple of weeks too and he's carrying a bit of an injury at the moment he's gonna he's gonna front up and he'll probably score 40 or 45 <laughs> uh, not not a huge amount of stats outside of that but I think the Wizards who we were laughing about even making the finals like I had them slated as the worst record in the league uh, in our bold predictions earlier this year and some shoot from the hip stuff and here they are fallen into eighth position and uh, you know, potentially got a date with with the Nets or or the Sixers um, in the finals, which is crazy. So I'm I'm going with this, with the Wizards. I'm on yeah, the Wizard train. It's it's such a difficult thing because it is like a team like the Wizards who are on such a an amazing run of form, and I've as well definitely counted them out halfway through the year. So I'm I'll gladly dig into some humble pie. But a team like Washington who are on that run of form, you know, Westbrook making that absurd NBA record for the most triple doubles. Hats off to him, by the way. That's, to me, still bonkers. Um, and, you know, Bradley Beal, who has been shouldering a bit of that uh, that burden, I guess, and has been sort of, like you said, in and out of the team with injury. But if they're both fit, like, it's hard to hard to pick against them, honestly. Yeah, I've, I've got them going over the Beantown boys. Uh, Jono has got Boston over Washington and you've got uh, you've got the Wizards with me as well. So you're yes. on, on my side of the fence on that one. Yes, it's, uh, yeah, it's so tough to call all these games. I'm just, I'm, re- I'm really sweating about it because I'm just being like, the second one of these teams loses, my bracket is fucked. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely fucked. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this this is the part now where my my dumb idiot brain has to do the whole like maths thing because it's like if he moves there, the loser of this plays this, and it's just like yeah. So so uh, you guys, you and Jono have both got Indiana playing the loser of the Celtics and the Wizards in yes. the the second wave of the playing tournament, and I've got 
uh, the Hornets playing against the Wizards. So that's the only difference. So you and... Oh, sorry. Yeah, so we've both got the Wizards. Yep. And you and Jono have both got the Pacers, but I've got the Hornets and Jono's got the Celtics for the yep. East as far as the <laughs> secondary round of the play-in tourney. This is going to get so difficult by the end of the episode. I'm going to be like, so you've got him and here... And I'll be like on those boards where you wire oh, yeah. the, the we, we string need the, we need to the it. Red, we need the red, uh, yeah, the, the red string ASAP. I'll be Pepe Silviering and just like <laughs> bags under my eyes and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're looking at uh, well, the final game of this one, obviously to take the, I guess, the eighth seed. We're using finger quotations here because there's a big asterisk on that one. But uh, I'm picking Boston to sneak in by the skin of their teeth on this one to claim that eighth seed and uh, book a date with the Sixers in the first round. What are you going for? Yeah, so I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm claiming uh, Boston to sneak in against the Sixers as well. Jono uh, is predicting that uh, the Pacers are going to make their way in. So he's saying the Pacers are going to beat. Charlotte, and then they're going to beat um, Washington in that winner-loser bracket. Well, there's always got to be someone in the group who's wrong, so it, yeah, yeah, makes exactly. sense. Exactly. So, and whoever's wrong <laughs> typically on this podcast gets teased and made fun of in subsequent episodes. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So we've we've all got Boston m- making their way in the finals in some regard. Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's for sure. I think there's still too much quality on that team to not make it in some fashion but yeah yeah they're they're on uh i guess low low stocks at this point that's for sure i cannot wait to see them like i think they'll make it into the official playoffs but then they're gonna get bounced in like four or five games and i cannot wait for it so uh yeah suffer boston suffer i love your city but i hate your basketball team and i hate your hockey team the bruins they can get fucked as well oh yeah no look I, i i admire the the celtics at points but as a vancouver fan 2011, fuck the Bruins. Absolutely. Oh, they are just a dirty, trash... Like, they've, they've been good and good for years, mostly on the back of some of their dirtiness, but, like, I just hate them so much. Yeah, I just can't stand it. But, but I uh, like some of these matchups in the West playing yes. tourney. That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh, boy. We are looking at Memphis versus San Antonio first up. I am going for Memphis, I, I think... Purely on that run of form, I think Memphis are going to be the ones to uh, grab this one. I think the Spurs have just they've faltered right at the at the the worst possible time. But uh, what are you thinking on this one? I'm I'm with you. Like uh, I'm I'm a I'm a Grizzlies fanboy and, and Jar number one <laughs> fan and everything like that. But I think they're starting to fire on all cylinders. Valanciunas is healthy and just beasting. At the five spot there, Triple J is back now and starting to to play some minutes and, and make some stats up for them. So, you know, having having a one, four, and five like that, and then you, uh, you know, Bridges manning the two or the three, depending on what they want to do. It's a very athletic, very fast, very young team. Like, I know the Spurs are starting to retool and go that way as well, but when you've got a, a DeRozan and a Rudy Gay and a Yaka Pirtle, you know, those three guys aren't aren't speedsters on the court. They're very no. slow. They <laughs> like the mid range and stuff like that. So, I think the speed and just the the youthful exuberance of the Grizzlies is going to give the Spurs fits. And uh, you and I have both got them going over the Spurs. Yes. But uh, old Jono Peck is going. Uh, he can't count Popovich out, and he's going to get his boys up for this one game, and they're going to win. He's such a pop stan, isn't he? 
He absolutely loves everything Greg Popovich does. I think it's the hair. It's the, it's the new Popovich hair that's probably <laughs> buying him a bit more good value too. It is beautiful. Streamlined, yes. Very absolutely. streamlined. <laughs> and then the biggest game of uh, the play-ins and just about one of the yes. biggest games in playoffs, in air quotes, <laughs> that I can remember. Like this game is going to be just a super, super heavyweight main event, pay-per-view, thriller in Manila type of thing. We've got the Lakers versus the Warriors, the seventh versus the eighth seed. My goodness. This is this is the first game, really, for me, that was a coin flip. I think even though it's in Los Angeles, the current run of form Steph Curry is on, like, his, almost historical stuff. Like, well, it technically was the amount of threes he was Ooh, yeah. banging in in the last month or so, but... This could this could go either way. I think you know there's the quality there from the Lakers side of things. If they're fit, they're a bit sort of you know banged up here and there. But that sort of quality there against a team like the Warriors, who you know you you could easily say that they are just a one man team at the moment. But you know they're getting some good good performances out of you know a couple of guys across the board Draymond is is filling in and Wiggins as well but like i my personal hope is that they just for one game just allow everyone in just full capacity into the staple center and give us that full true playoffs intensity yeah it's or, it's going to be it's going to be a barn burner this game and uh you know you know Steph's probably going to Gonna attempt maybe twenty three pointers in this game, which is absolutely <laughs> bananas. But uh, John O and I are on the same thought process and leaning here. We've got the Lakers going over the Warriors, but you're taking a little bit of a bit of a dart throw here and thinking Steph's going to catch fire and maybe drop a drop a fifty burger on these guys or something. Oh, I don't think it'll be a fifty burger, but I think he will be the one who definitely pushes uh, the Warriors over the line, gets them on his, his back. He must have like superhuman strength on that uh, that short frame of his. But uh, yeah, I think the Warriors are going to jump on this one and, and ride it all the way into a, a meeting with my sons. That's, that'd be... I think that's probably the dream scenario for for you as a Suns fan <laughs> because you, you match up with them pretty well. Like you've got the better presence in the paint. You've got two great guards there where... The Warriors, their their five spot is is pretty pretty weak. Like I know Wiseman was okay at times during his rookie season before he got injured and was scrubbed out, but they don't really have a difference maker at the five. So maybe Aiton for you guys in that matchup could uh, could be the difference maker, especially compared to what you'd have to face over in Lakerland with AD. Otherwise, oof, yeah, that would have been rough. I think the big thing for for us, who whoever we face, is actually just going to be our bench. I think the, what we've been able to get out of guys like Javon Carter and to a lesser extent like Cameron Payne, who have been both guys who have been just, you know, journeymen around the league, they've been mm-hmm. firing on all cylinders and really, you know, going at it. So I think those are going to be the, the big sort of uh, telling points for us. Obviously, if Booker's fit and he's in form, we're going to have a good chance. But it's, yeah, there's a couple of areas for us that are really going to, we almost need to have everyone going at the same time to really stand a chance against either a red-hot Lakers or a red-hot Warriors, whoever makes it in. I think the biggest thing, and, and 
I think it's almost unanimous around the league too. The biggest difference maker for you guys is having Chris Paul and that old head Ooh, yeah. amongst <laughs> amongst that lineup. You know, he'll keep people calm. He'll keep them ready, get them prepared for what's to come. And he's just a really good calming presence for the majority of your team, which is still very, very young and, you know, yeah. mid-20s and under. Like, it's still a, a pretty baby baby team from an age perspective and having having the old wily vet there uh will really help stabilize you boys as you as you you go punch for punch with uh one of these two massive juggernaut teams yeah it's we have definitely been put in a position that we probably didn't want especially coming into the start of a, a first playoffs in a while i think especially for chris paul like he's had so many player failures with the likes of the clippers and the rockets i think this is the one I guess this would have been the one opportunity for him to make a really deep run. And I know that those failures are going to be the one thing that really motivates him, mm-hmm. um, especially against a team like the Lakers and the Warriors, who have obviously had recent championship success. So he's going to be definitely, he'll have a chip on his shoulder um, and he'll definitely want to go out and, and perform for sure. Yeah, and he's as healthy as I can remember. Like, this is, I, like, did he miss a game this season? Like, this is one of the most know. complete seasons he's look. played in years you know he's always out for a, a few weeks at a time here and there over the last few years but i think he's been a bit of an iron man in the old uh 2020-2021 season we are gonna have a look he played uh he played 70 games okay so season. two games it's nothing really yeah, absolutely i keep forgetting it's a shortened season like yeah. <laughs> i'm thinking 80 82 games that's like he's missed a couple there but yeah two games like that's a solid season from a man taking up, I think, yeah. like half of our salary. Yeah, like touch, <laughs> but I mean, wood, touch wood, he stays healthy through the playoffs because he is, as much as Booker and stuff, you know, he can pop off and give you just instant offense. I think, yeah, well, Chris Paul, he is certainly the straw that stirs the drink. And um, yeah, you want to see him healthy and uh, competing at the highest uh, level he can through this entire series. Yeah, it's going to be so difficult to uh, to see who, who really gets it going for us obviously you've got your big three of paul booker and an eight and but god i i'm so nervous i'm honestly so nervous yeah yeah it's um it's interesting because it's the complete opposite side for me like we had the the longest uh consecutive finals run going as, as like as the longest current nba record as far as uh, from <laughs> from active teams and then obviously we got skilled out which i'm happy about you know tank nation has been uh a couple of words that I like throwing around for most of this year and we, we fell into the seventh spot. So we're, a th- I think it's a 31% chance of moving up into the top four draft picks in, in the lotto. So Solid. I'm holding out with bated breath. I think it's the 22nd of June, if I remember right, is when the lottery gets drawn. So uh, I've got my fingers, toes and nose crossed to see uh, <laughs> see those, those ping pong balls fall the way of the Raptors and maybe... Uh, Fade for Cade will come to uh, come to reality, <laughs> and Cade Cunningham, Cade. Uh, yeah, joins my T dot Raptors. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But yeah, so we're we're you and I are both on the Grizzlies train to to run over the Spurs. Yep. Uh, what differs in the next one is is Jono and I are both Lakers over the Warriors. So that would see uh, your sons versing our predicted Lakers. But you're thinking it's going to end up being uh, the Warriors against your Suns and then the Lakers against the Jazz is the yes. way you see it playing out. Yes, I do. I think the Lakers are going to be too much for the Grizzlies in that uh, that final spot for eighth, well, final game for eighth spot, I should say. But uh, I guess that now sort of brings us into the first round proper that we'll, uh, we'll, we'll 
I guess, go through. And we might as well just continue with the West on this side. Um, first place Utah against technically the eighth place team. So that would have been either Lakers. Well, for us, it would have been either, well, a couple of teams. <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. It's going to uh, change. It's either, it's either Jono and I see it as the Warriors versus the Jazz and you see it as the Lakers versus the Jazz. Yeah. And then it's just flipped for the Suns. Yeah, so I've I've actually still got my bracket open, so I can see how many uh, games each series is going to go for, for, or at least what I've predicted. Um, so I'll give you a bit of a, an extra uh, talking point, I guess. For that game, I've got Utah in five. Utah in five. Yeah, I just think they've been on such a and a solid run of form all year. Like they're a well-oiled machine. There's nothing stopping them this year, and I think. It might be a bridge too far for the defending champs. It's gonna be it's gonna be very very interesting. That's for damn sure. Um, I'm just quickly logging in at the same time. Sorry about the <laughs> the science because I had to remember what the hell my uh, password was when I signed up to NBA.com. And I, I was exactly the same. I just didn't remember mine at all, which is weird. But anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Jazz as well, like with the season they've had, yeah, it's going to be tough to see who really comes through with that. And if they fall at this hurdle, regardless of who they play, do you define that season as a success, especially given how they've performed in, in previous playoffs where they have been sort of that first or second round knockout? I, I, I feel I'd feel bad for them because, yeah. yeah, they have been... You could say they've been just about the the benchmark the entire season. Like they've they've had some big win streaks. They've they've put away good teams. They've walloped bad teams. They've been very consistent. But the fact that uh, you know Mitchell and Conley are a little bit hindered by injury at the moment, it could be very detrimental to them. And and we could see that number one seed get skittled. I've I've got the Jazz in six over the Warriors. Okay. Uh, so it's it's going to go six six games, I think. But yeah, it's it's going to be going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Ultimately, uh, pending health and and then also who might get hot and just go nuclear in any given game. So it's so difficult because especially with the Jazz, you, you mentioned Conley and Mitchell having those injuries, but the way that their team is is set up, you know, Bogdanovich went for forty something within the last fortnight like that's how dangerous they are so and who knows maybe uh our own jump and joe ingles can uh deliver some playoff magic for them definitely definitely and uh jono he's he's got the jazz in six over the warriors as well so uh him and i are in sync on that one all right that's uh not a bad first first game there this is one that's got i think a little bit of uh bad blood with it i think especially after last year in the in the bubble um fourth placed la clippers against the fifth placed dallas mavericks i think the mavericks have sort of flown under the radar here to be honest they've come good like i know we we talked them up as a as a potential threat at the start of the season and then they were lingering around 10th 11th spot for a while there and we just you know couldn't put wins together and and the zinger was constantly hurt and you know, Luca probably hurt his back from carrying this team the way he does, but <laughs> they've found form and obviously they avoided the play-in and they're, they're sitting at, in the fifth spot there. But 
I think ultimately, as as much as yeah, Kawhi still hurts me a little bit for abandoning my Raptors and not trying to play it, like run it back. I think they're going to be too much for them. They've they've yeah. started to really go about their business and start to flex at the back end of this season. And uh, I see the the Clippers over the Mavericks in five. Okay, so I've got uh, I've got the Clippers in six. Okay, I think there's going to be a bit of competition from uh, from Dallas, but I think yeah. Especially what the Clippers gained with those sorts of uh, trades that they made at the deadline. Grabbing in someone like Rondo, especially for a playoff run, that's such a really solid pickup for them. And I think him around the pieces that they've got, you know, guys like Kawhi, guys like Paul George, hopefully playoff P. And Big Boogie comes Cousins good. too. Don't forget about <laughs> Big Boogie. That is correct as well. Yeah. yeah. So you go. Jono's got a similar sentiment. So I, I think Clippers in five, you think Clippers in six, and Jono thinks Clippers in seven. Oh, okay. So all the way. It's our first uh, seven-gamer. Interesting. Yeah. So that'll be a, a tightly contested matchup for sure. But uh, another one, this is the other one that I think is, is going to be the, the toughest to call. Denver in the third seed versus Portland in the sixth seed. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> I am... Um, I've I've got to die on the hill because I've been spruiking and talking up Lillard and the Blazers for for most of the season here and there. I did I <laughs> went quiet a little bit when they were in a bit of a dark patch, but they're back and they're catching form at the right time. And um, I've got I've got Portland in six over Denver um, in in this matchup. Uh, Jono thinks the opposite, so he's got Denver in six over over the Blazers. And uh, where do you stand on this one, Mister I- Tilly? I have uh, this is my first seven gamer. I think Denver's going to take it in seven games. Okay. This is this one for me is going the distance. Like it's too too tough to call, honestly. Like the way that Murray and Jokic, obviously Murray's injured now. Is he's out for the season? He's gone. So that's yeah. that's a big thing. Like I know the the Nuggets are cooking and the Joker's <laughs> nice doing one. great. And um, you know Aaron Gordon and MPJ and everything like like that is really stepping up, but. I think without Bubble Murray, like remember how crazy he went Ooh, in the yeah. bubble last year? <laughs> that was uh, without insane. without that instant hand grenade of offense coming from your point. Yeah, I think uh I think Lillard and Co are gonna gonna get it done in six. Ooh, all right then. That is gonna be a tough one for sure. And uh, we finish up the West first round with Phoenix in the second seed versus well, either the Lakers or the Warriors, depending on who you whose side you take on this one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll make it easier for you. Jono and I both have the Lakers in six over the Suns. Yeah. But based off your previous numbers, you're going to be against the Warriors in your bracket. Yeah. So this is this is how I'm feeling about it. If we get the Lakers, we're bouncing out. Like. There's just no way about it. LeBron immediately flips that playoff switch the second it becomes game one um, and he goes on a tear, regardless of whatever team he's played for. Um, and that's what worries me. You know, he, he'll he'll engage playoff mode and, and, and go, go to town on us. If it's Golden State, I think we can go. I think we can we can take them. All it is either going to be either six or seven. I've got six. I've got the Suns in six over the Warriors. But yeah, it's really going to hinge on that that play in matchup. But for my bracket's sake, I've I've selected Phoenix in six. Okay, 
Okay, and I'm if I had the Warriors meeting them in in that round in the round one, I would I'd probably back that number with you 100%. I'd say Suns in six, but the way my dominoes have fallen, it's it's Laker time against your Phoenix Suns, and yeah, Lakers come over the top of them in six. Uh, ugh. Like it's an it's another situation as well that we talked about the Jazz like with the season we've had. If we fell at the first round, ultimately, like Utah and Phoenix were the only two teams in the league to win 50 plus games. Yeah. So if either of them bounces out at this stage, you've got to consider it a failure. Yeah. And it's, there's a big chance of one and two potentially getting skittled as we talked about early in the piece and like, it'll make for some good games, but it'll be heartbreaking. Uh, Yeah. Very heartbreaking. But uh We'll see. That's that's the joys of professional sports, right? It's it's for the love of the game, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll jump on over to the east now, and uh, we'll start with Philadelphia in the first seed. Who really like? It's so weird. Brooklyn have been the the the, the story team, I guess, for the the Eastern Conference, but Philly under new management with Doc, and they've just been really going about their business. It's it's so weird to say for a first seed team, but they've they've uh, they've snatched. Uh, the first seed under the noses of Steve Nash and his nets. But they've got, uh, well, we've got a couple of teams who've been picking this one, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's have a look. You have... I've I've got Philly versus Boston in, yep. in that spot. And I've got Philly sweeping these dogs. So Philly in four. <laughs> Philly in four, they're going to just bounce them straight out and just sort of show that they're they're here for business. Interesting. I I've got uh, yeah Philly going up against the Celtics as well. I've got them in five. Okay. Boston's got the quality to win a game there, but I think, you know, in the form that Ben Simmons is in, potential Defensive Player of the Year, as well as uh, Joel. Hopefully, he comes back from his injuries he's had recently. But I think they're going to be uh, too too much for an undermanned Celtics team. I think so. I think uh, you know Doc Rivers' revenge game against his old uh, <laughs> old Boston Boston squad and. Uh, yeah, I think they really want to put a rubber stamp on that they're the they're the kings of the East at the moment. And uh, Jono, Jono agrees as well. He's got uh, the Sixers in five, but with his bracket uh, was over the Indiana Indiana Pacers. So the Pacers made their way in through his bracket and uh, Sixers still took him in five. Good stuff. This next one is, I guess, the fair, you could call it the fairy tale story almost. Yeah. The, the fourth placed, and I'm not, I'm going to say this, very clearly, so everyone can understand it. New York Knicks. I'm losing my mind that they have made the fourth seed in the East against the fifth seed Atlanta Hawks. This is a, a massive for them. It's it's a, a fairy tale for for both teams. I think like uh, we we talked about the Hawks as a potential fringe playoff team throughout the season and, and yeah. during preseason. But the Knicks, I think we all almost collectively wrote them off. Like I know we we're like, oh, Thibodeau could get something out of him. And it just so happens he did. And uh, he got old man Rose on board and he's turned Julius Randle into this deity on the court. Yeah. Like he has just turned into this god. Like, you know, Mr. Triple Double Point Forward at the moment. Like he is going ham. But uh, yeah, the four, fourth, fourth versus five, I've got the Hawks over the Knicks in six. And this was a tough one though. Yeah. But I just feel <laughs> I just feel Atlanta are really 
galvanizing at the moment and they've got some good young depth there. I think Randall's going to give him some trouble because he did dominate against John Collins in their three matchups this year. I think he put like 40 on him twice out of their three yeah. games. So it could be slippery slippery slope city here for the Falcon, oh, not the Falcons, the, the Hawks. <laughs> that got is NFL the on NFL brain. team. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got the Hawks taking it in six. Yeah, that's going to be, I think the big matchup is is definitely Randall versus, I guess, Collins slash Capella. The, the sort of battle of the uh, the post players, but it'll be interesting to see whether the, the other players around New York can really sort of come good against a, a solid operator in the form of Trey Young. Obviously, you know, he's he's back in the playoffs again and, and really he is, I guess, their fulcrum for Atlanta. Like you've obviously got a, a couple of really good pieces around him. I think Gallinari as well and, and Bogdanovich yep. there. So... It's going to be tough, but uh, I think the uh, the fairy tale is going to continue. I've got the Knicks in six. Oh, so you're with Australia's John O'Peck. So he's got the Knicks in six as well. So uh, Ooh, you're, okay. you're both of the same uh, train of thought there. And it wouldn't surprise me, but I just think like, like players you just mentioned for the Hawks, I think they've just got a lot better bench and depth. Like, yeah. you know, they've got Rose coming in for the Knicks off the bench and playing <laughs> absurd minutes for an older dude that's battled a lot of injuries. But... <laughs> The Hawks can just keep bringing people out and throwing them at you. So I feel it's going to be a bit of a war, but I feel the uh, the Hawks taking it in six where you and JP are uh, Knicks in six. It'll be an excellent one for the neutral, I think. So I'll be uh, I'll be enjoying that one for sure. But yeah. uh, another one that could be an excellent uh, game for the neutral, number three in the East, the Bucks going up against number six, Miami Heat, the... Uh, the vice days of the Miami Heat have uh, sadly come to an end. My uh, my wallet can take a break, I think, <laughs> those jerseys. Uh, but uh, this is an interesting one because they have also... Fl- it's so weird because everyone's going to fly under the radar, but Giannis in this team, like he's going to be making sure that uh, he can, I guess, snatch East supremacy, really. Like, And the team that they've been able to assemble, they got in Drew Holiday... The Lopez brothers have been doing absolutely everything. It really just depends on if everyone's going to be fit and ready to go. It's it's interesting because Miami did the old gentleman sweep to the Bucks last year in the finals and took them out in five. Yeah. So I think like this is the worst case scenario for the Bucks matching up against the Heat because they don't match up against them too well. Like Bam and and Co. In, in that post can just sort of feast and they've got a lot of big bodies that defend and play gritty that they can just keep throwing at uh, at Giannis and they're going to just force Drew to step up. Like if, if Holiday can step up and, and get 25 plus a night, they're, they're a big chance of winning. But it would not surprise me to see the Bucks get bounced in the first round of the playoffs by the Heat. Ooh, Okay. I like full disclosure. I didn't play it like I didn't play it out this way in my pickems. I've got the Bucks in six, but it would not surprise me at all to see the Heat go over the top of them again, and then see old uh, Coach Bud get the ass because this team obviously has dreams of championships, especially with these Giannis prime years, and they're just faltering and wasting time. And he's re up with them, and they're still not taking that step potentially. So. If they lose, I think the coach is gone. But either way, it's going to be a war against uh, Butler and Butler and the Heat. 
if the Bucks lose in the first round and they, they get eliminated, obviously you talked about Bud getting the, the sack, but does this start the Giannis move rumors again? I'd like to think so. Um, <laughs> you know, as as a as a Giannis fanboy and, and knowing him and Ujiri have some some camaraderie and mutual respect. The I conspiracy theorist. Oh conspiracy again. hat back on. <laughs> but I think he'll stick around. Like if he goes, like if Bud gets the chop, they'll bring in a new coach with Giannis's invi- advisement to probably rubber stamp said coach. Yeah. And they'll probably buy another year or two out of Giannis's deal, but. Yeah, they need to they need to step up, you know. They've they've got some players around him. They need him to be able to to score. Like he can't be the the only one out there fighting the good fight. Like we need Holiday to step up and Middleton to step up, but it would not surprise me at all to see the heat coming over the top. But yeah, I've got the Bucks in 6. Yeah, I've I've actually got Milwaukee in 5, but I do Ooh. agree with you in that sense that uh you know, I would not be surprised if the team Miami has can can snatch a, a series victory here. Like, playoff Butler, in the same vein as LeBron, like, playoff Butler is a different beast. We saw it in the bubble. Like, he went, what was that game? Like, 50 minutes or something? Like, something mm-hmm. absurd. And yeah. that, that picture of him just absolutely collapsed on the uh, on the, the sideline there. But, you know, Butler, Dragic, Tyler Hero, if he catches fire, he's tough to beat. Like... There's some interesting pieces in there. Bam as well, your favorite center. I love me some Bam. Yeah, <laughs> and like and it makes me laugh like like as like a suck it heat for for cheapening out and not actually ponying up for Lowry because obviously they traded for Oladipo who's out for the finals and probably out for next year as well with this injury where yeah, someone sure. like a Lowry would put them as one of the favorites in the East, but ha ha to Philly and ha ha to the heat for not ponying up the dollars for Kyle Lowry because he would have been a great little difference maker for him. You can never do things impartially, can you? No way. Oh, like <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. But like in those situations where like as is, as like trying to take my Raptors hat off for a minute, that trade for either of those teams would have helped. Like a busted ass Oladipo over... Like Lowry's an older guy, yeah, but he's still a general and... Plays with heart. Well, yeah, look at Chris Paul. It's the exact same thing. That yeah. that playoff experience, absolutely. Exactly. Or you look at the Sixers, and yeah, they're at the top of the East, but they traded for George Hill. It's like, who would you prefer, George Hill, Kyle Lowry? Hmm, I don't know. But like, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, Jono's got the Bucks in seven over Ooh. over the Heat. So you've got them in. You got the Bucks in five. I've got them in six. And uh, Jono with the Bucks in seven. He's probably more confident of that potential upset. That's for sure. But uh, we will move on to the final game of the East. Brooklyn in the second spot against the seventh-placed team. For me, this was the Wizards. Who was that for you again? Mine too. So you and I were the same. And Jono had the Celtics in that seventh spot versus the the Nets. I think if it's the Wizards who make it in, that's going to be a hell of a series. Like, (laughs) playoff Westbrook with a chip on his shoulder... Oh boy, look out. <laughs> I um I, I agree, but I don't see this being a long series. I've, no. <laughs> I figure the Wizards might take a game. So I've got Brooklyn in five over the Wizards for my for my uh my forecast for the playoffs. Yeah, Wizards Wizards getting skittled in five games over the Nets. This is my only sweep. This is oh, the Okay, ne- so you've ne- got the Nets in four. Nets in four, like as as much as you, you you love to hate the Nets, like they're far too good for any team at this point in in the East. Like 
if they get all of them playing at the same time, like it's it's like Thanos with the Infinity Stones. Like Steve Nash has the gauntlet on and he's got Harden, <laughs> Harden, Kyrie, and Katie on his on his knuckles. Like, yeah, it, it's it's tough to see anyone getting past them at least that early. It's only when you really get into the next sort of couple rounds that's really yeah you really start to think about it. I'm with you, and Jono's with you with a similar sentiment. So he's got the Nets sweeping the Celtics in four based off his of his brackets. So Ooh, okay. you're, you're both calling the, the straight sweep of the Nets versus uh, your respective teams. And I've got the gentleman sweep against the Wizards in five for the Nets. So uh, yeah, a bit spicy, a bit spicy, but um, yeah, we're not going to dive through the next, the next, like the semis and the conference finals and stuff this episode, but we thought we'd just throw one nice, uh, nice, bold, hot take and do uh a shooting from the hip regarding uh, who you got in the championship, who's winning it all, and who is our respective finals MVP. So, uh, you know, I guess you could loosely connect the dots based off our predictions and fill in some of the blanks as far as who we think is <laughs> going to get there. Exactly. But, um, yeah, John O sees the Lakers going back-to-back over the Bucks, and LeBron James being the finals MVP. That's a that's an interesting one. Like that is very much shooting from the hip. Like if they can come all the way through the play in and uh, and and survive that uh, pretty perilous West, like that is a that is a deserved championship. Yeah, like if if they take home the bickies, the the chorus of LeBron is the greatest player of all time will be you at might start new ripping. levels of, of decibel <laughs> height. Like yeah. To, to go through that type of minefield and come out on, on the other side at his age would be pretty special to see. You know what you would get? You would get MJ never had to play a play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's that's how people would start using that as LeBron fodder. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, so, that's going to be interesting. Um, you, you and I have uh, the same teams winning the championship. So you and I both see the Nets taking it all. Uh, I see them... Uh, going over the Clippers in six games. You've got them over the Jazz in five. Yeah. And I see it as James Harden winning the finals MVP. And you see it as Mr. Kyrie Irving taking the MVP for the finals for them Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, Mr. Uh, 50-40-90. Joining My the, goodness joining the gracious. <laughs> yeah. he's, uh, he's joined, uh, well, KD as well, as well as uh, Steve Nash, who I, I found out uh, over the week, joined the club four times during his career which that's is crazy like i know i know i'm a you know a, a nash fanboy but anyone who could join the 50 40 90 club four times is deserving of respect oh yeah like it's it's no small small feat like it shows that they're they're taking their shots at the right time and not forcing things for the most part the fact that they're like a a three-level scorer is the main thing as well yeah. like and the fact that they're shooting their free throws and, and hitting those free throws, it's it's good to see. And and Kyrie, like, he has been very much under the radar this year. Like, he's been going off in some games and carrying this team at times when before there was no Harden and KD was out or when Harden and KD were there, but they were both out injured. You know, Kyrie seemed to have been the the consistent here that is that is carrying this team, and he's he's the unofficial heart of. Uh, of those nets, I think, which is a weird thing to say because you yeah. know he's a very polarizing young man. But yeah, you see him picking up that finals MVP. Yeah, I think when he's on form, as we've seen in the last uh, couple of weeks, like he's tough to stop. And I think 
that's the magic of the nets is as you sort of alluded to there the ability for them to sort of slot one in pop one out depending on who needs rest or who whoever's injured like regardless if they've got only two of them there like if it's Kyrie and Harden or it's Harden and KD or KD and Kyrie they're always still going to be dangerous but I think I think Kyrie's going to be the constant for them and he's he's going to really show that uh this is his team 100 the the nets are like those russian nesting dolls you know yeah. you just <laughs> pop one out and there's another one right there ready to go and you just keep going and they just keep coming like, it's it's kd because he's the tallest and yeah. then it's it's harden and he's slightly fatter in the middle um and then you pull him out and there's a little Kyrie there that's it that's it we don't we don't we don't talk about blake griffin and co because yeah uh you know he's not much anymore but those first three are definitely part of the brooklyn net sting doll Oh Jesus! That I think I think it's time we we wrap up. How about that? I think so. I think so. <laughs> that is it for a a very different, a very bracket heavy episode of Hoop Dreams. Um, hope you're getting all of your brackets in for uh, the start of a, an excellent playoff slash play in session. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, queries, concerns, or complaints, you can always do so with the hashtag. Hoop Dreams. You can always follow what we're all doing on 8-Bit at We Are 8-Bit. And Brendan, where can people follow you? Yeah, you can find me on them socials at Brendan8Bit. And um, if you want to take part in our little uh, just for fun playing tournament bracket estimator, uh, slide into my DMs and I'll share you a link and you can uh, you can pick your teams that you think are going to make it to the big dance and who's ultimately going to win it all. And maybe, maybe there'll be a prize for somebody. I don't know what it is. I don't know what quality of gift this prize will be but if we get enough people jumping into this uh this playoff predictor we'll, we'll uh, make it worth your while it'll take you five or oh, depending i guess how far down the rabbit hole you go as far as analyzing the predictions <laughs> it could take you as little as two minutes or it could take you as much as two hours if you're starting to get uh into the inner workings and the numbers but uh yeah slide into them dms and uh, we can get you into our uh hoop dreams playoff predictor there's an autofill button for anyone who gets uh, a little bit stuck like I did. But uh, yes, and uh, of course, you can also follow me on pretty much all the socials at It's Tilby. And uh, Jono as well can be followed on pretty much all of the socials at Jono himself. And uh, hopefully we'll hear from uh, Mr. Peck next fortnight when the playoffs are in full swing. Man, this season feels like it has flown by. It really has. And it's been great. Like it's it's been fun to sort of break this season down in this sort of new format that we're playing with and making it a little bit more couch casual, a little bit more accessible and just enjoying the main hit points and the the main headlines of the NBA. But yeah, this season, even though we're 10 games short, it's, it's been a long season, but it hasn't felt that way at times as well. But uh, Tank Nation, baby, we're coming for you, Cade. Fade, fade for Cade. Fade for Cade. Will it into existence. Fade for Cade. I'll, uh, I'll will in into existence. Hashtag giddy up. And, uh, and and see which team can land the Australian. But uh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Couldn't have said it better myself. From me, Matt Tilby, and my very special guest, my fellow young buck, Brendan White. It is goodbye for now. Take care. Who's going to have their bracket busted first? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>